This is Stephanie Nelson, host of the Pivotal People podcast. We have great conversations with all kinds of interesting people who are making a difference in the world. Follow us and leave a review if you like this episode so that more people can find us. Thanks for listening. Well, welcome, Sasha Shilkut. Now, try to say that three times fast. <laughs> it is so nice to have you on the Pivotal People podcast. Well, thank you, Stephanie. I'm super honored to be here. Well, and I'll tell you, for folks who haven't met Sasha yet, she is so many things. I'm going to let her tell her all about yourself, but she has a new book out called Brave Boundaries, Strategies to Say No, Stand Strong, and Take Control of Your Time. Oh my gosh. An essential guide for women on how to set strong, workable boundaries to safeguard their health, happiness, and well-being. And Sasha is an expert at this because, first of all, she is a physician. She is, a, I believe, a cardiac anesthesiologist. Mm-hmm. She has won awards from the American Medical Association, so she's the real deal. On top of that, she is the mother of four kids. Four. That's twice as many as I have. And I thought two was hard. And I'm not a doctor. And then she also has this wonderful organization, effort, passion project, whatever you want to call it, helping people set boundaries, specifically high-powered physicians. However, I am not a high-powered physician, and I have read her book, and it is so fantastic. So this is a book that I can honestly say we all need to read. It is, I'll be honest, Sasha, I have never read a book on boundaries, and the only reason is because it's a topic I have avoided. It sounds hard. It sounds unpopular. It sounds kind of difficult. I've just avoided it. And when I read your book, I realized that I had the completely wrong perception of what setting boundaries was. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for being willing to take the time. You have been such a pivotal person in so many people's lives already. And this book is no doubt going to help millions of additional people. So because I've read the book and I've taken, okay, I have taken seven pages of notes so far. Um, I don't want to do the babbling. I would love for you to share with us why this is your passion on top of everything else that you're doing. Well, honestly, Stephanie, you know, I went to school for so many years and I've taken so many classes and courses and I have all these degrees and I got to a point in 2013 where I totally burned out and I wanted to quit being a doctor. I felt like if I could have escaped being a mom somehow, I I would have. And I was so low and empty and exhausted and overwhelmed and overcommitted that I was really mentally not well and physically not well. And I did not realize at the time what I was lacking was knowledge and understanding what my boundaries were and personal boundaries and how those bleed into my professional life. I had this false belief that being a successful fill in the blank, right? Doctor, teacher, mother, sister, wife, whatever it is meant showing up for everyone all the time as much as I could. And That led me to burnout in 2013. And then fast forward, it led me to burnout again in 2019. And so in 2019, 2020 is where I really started understanding through the help of a therapist, what a boundary was. I thought personal boundaries were something for people in toxic relationships or dating or romantic relationships. I had really no concept about 
how a boundary protects your priorities and how it allows you to match your priorities with your calendar. And it stops this constant overwhelm that we just find ourselves in because especially as women, we are socialized to be yes women. We're socialized to say yes to everyone. That's being a a good person. That's being a good physician, a good mom, a good wife, a good daughter, sister. And it just leads to so much negative, unhealthy behaviors. And especially as a physician, I just saw this in all my colleagues. I saw this in so many women that I started coaching. And I realized like, I have to write a book about this because if I don't know what this is, and I feel like I take a lot of leadership and extracurricular classes, many women probably don't know how to set boundaries with yourself and how to accept that you really have to do this on a daily basis. As I was reading it, what I loved about your book was that it is so practical. Mm. You have, first Mm -hmm. of all, it's not overwhelming to read. So anyone who needs boundaries is probably saying, I'm way too busy to read a book. No, this was not a hard read. Your chapters are very clear. And in each chapter, you kind of walk us through exercises, which I really like. Some things that really hit me, one was setting boundaries in multiple areas. Okay, Mm -hmm. so personal areas, professional areas, relationship areas. The funny one I thought was in the whole emotional area setting boundaries with ourself. Never thought of that. Setting boundaries with ourself. And that can include replaying negative regrets and shame and thoughts from our past. I'm just asking for a friend. How do you do that? How do you set a boundary with those sorts of thoughts? Great question. So I think all of us have certain stressors in life or triggers in life that cause us to kind of go down that stress path and cause us to start to have those negative thoughts. Sometimes it's a person that can trigger us. Sometimes it's a workplace or a project, or, you know, it might even be a call from a family member. And we all of a sudden are scrolling social media. We find ourselves having instant shame, a feeling of shame. And I love when Brene Brown, I think, says that, you know, when you start to feel shame, don't look far for perfection because she's right around the corner. And what happens is we start this replay and it's it's maybe body shaming. It may be like bringing up a past failure, maybe, you know, bringing up a divorce or bringing up a lack of getting a promotion or failing to achieve something or do something or maybe even you know, bringing up a mistake that your child has made that you think is a reflection on you as a parent. And this can just lead to a cascade of unhealthy behaviors before we even know it. Now we're we're trying to look for something to numb this emotional pain or this emotional stress. Maybe we are looking for outside validation. Maybe we are eating a a gallon of ice cream, you know, maybe we're pouring that glass of wine that we don't even really want, but we find ourselves just in this negative behavior and it all stems from our thoughts. And so a boundary with yourself, for example, this is a great example. It's Monday today. You and I are talking on a Monday. I woke up this morning and instantly when I woke up, I did not, I I didn't wake up and go, oh, this is a wonderful day. I am a blessed human. I have four lovely children and a wonderful job. No, if you're like me, I woke up this morning and I was like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do today. I don't have time to exercise. I don't have time to go for a walk. I got to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I got to start emailing. I got to grab my phone. 
I have a boundary with myself. This is a thought emotional boundary every morning. I don't wake up with gratitude. I don't wake up wanting to exercise. I don't wake up with peace and gratefulness and wanting to meditate. I just never do. I wake up running the list. So I have a boundary that I don't grab my phone. (laughs) I wake up, I turn off my alarm and then I go make my coffee and I go for a walk. Even though I don't want to do it, Stephanie, like even though I've done this for years, I still don't wake up that in that default mode. And I know if I don't take a little walk and I don't pray and I don't just have some gratitude in the morning, I will be a hot mess by 8 p.m. And all my negative thoughts will just be evading my day and just taking over my day. And I will be operating from a, a bad place. So I have a boundary that I just go, I don't check my inbox. I don't start making the list. I don't empty the dishwasher. I don't put away that load of laundry at five in the morning. I go for a walk. I make my coffee. I pray. I get in my mindset. That is a boundary that all, like, that's just an example of a boundary that I have set with myself. Right. So one of the things you said on a podcast, I heard you, your own podcast, which by the way, is so good. Will you tell us the name of it so people can find it? She's on season eight or nine, I think. It's called Um, The Brave Enough Show. The Brave Enough Show. And you talked about, I love this, that the things that we need to know to improve this, the step you just described, we expect that we need to come up with all of this ourselves. Mm. When in fact, it can be coaches and therapists and mentors and people who are really the ones who are going to lead us to this, that we have to, I think there's a little bit of humility mm-hmm. in saying, you know, I need a coach or I need a therapist mm-hmm. or how about all of them? Mm-hmm. So when you talk about this personal boundary you set, was that an original thought or do you know where you oh, no. up with that? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it was not. And I'm the first person to say, you know, I think we oftentimes find ourselves as women, especially feeling like we aren't enough. Like we we should be able to handle all this stress. We should be able to operate on six hours of sleep. So when I showed up at my therapist in, and I hadn't gone to the therapist in probably eight or nine years in 2020, I did not say, help me set a boundary where I wake up in the morning and shut off my negative thoughts. I said, help me deal with all the things I have to do. Help me learn how to have more energy so I can do more because something's wrong with me. And she said, nothing's wrong with you. You are doing too much. And you think that you have this complex where you should be able to handle all of these things and you are overcommitted and it is feeding your ego. And it is like feeding this. And I thought my ego, I feel like a failure. And she said, but it makes you feel good when you feel like you're doing more and doing more and doing more for others. And she said, you have to actually prioritize time with yourself every morning. Now I had been doing that for a while. And then in the pandemic, I fell out of it because I thought, oh, this group needs me. And these people need me. And my kids need me. And my husband needs me. And my elderly parents need me. And all these people need me. And so what do we do? We just push ourselves to the wayside. And I love that you're bringing this up because We often learn from our peers. I mean, I learned so much by listening to women like you on that have podcasts. I listen and I go, oh, because most of us are facing things another woman in the world has faced and figured out. Oh, I love that. I love that. And, you know, in your podcast, you also talk about this natural tendency we have as women 
I love how you talked also what you talked about in your book about our value as human beings Mm -hmm. is that we were created by God Mm -hmm. and that is enough. I mean, he created us. However, we can say that, but here's how we act. And I, oh man, did you ring my bell? As women, we either think our value is determined by what we achieve. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you've done the Enneagram, but, Mm -hmm. or what we give. Mm-hmm. And you said, you know, you're going to get to the end of your life. And according to whatever phony metric we made up in our head, we will never have given enough and we will never have achieved enough. And yet mm-hmm. God says we are just enough. So why do we do this and how do we stop? Well, it, we do it because that's how the world measures our value, right? Like our world that we operate in measures by how successful you are which is what you can achieve or what you can do or what you can give. And, you know, it's very opposite of what we see and what the, all of the messages that we, in, we, we take in every day to just have our value be that we are a child of God. That, that is so foreign. That concept is so foreign. We all love lists and marking things off and feeling like we've achieved something every day. And it's an easy measure of success, right? It's a, it's a measure. It's something that we, it's tangible. So when someone says, wow, Stephanie, thank you so much for speaking at this event. You were amazing. It's like tangible. Like we, we can feel it, but if you're just having a Saturday where you were like, you know what? I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm not feeling great. I need to just stay home and rest. No one says at the end of your day, good job. <laughs> That's true. Right? Nobody says that. So, so I think it's it's so easy to fall into this, this trap that we feel indebted to achieve or give or achieve or give at our the expense of our own health and well-being. Yeah. And well, I'll tell you something I've really loved in your book. And again, everyone, you have to get this. It's on Amazon. It's only been out a week, I think, or maybe two weeks. It already has a five-star review. I know you're not supposed to look at your Amazon reviews, but I looked at hers and you want to get this book. Here's what I loved. In your story, you were so open. Okay. So what I love is a book written by an expert who is human. You know, you tell us what you've really went through and you're like, oh, I can understand that because I went through that too, but I haven't been brave enough to talk about it. So one of your key messages here is you started a group, a Facebook group. A lot of folks do this. And I'm talking to you listeners, because a lot of you have a group like this, a social media page where you're helping people. You had, I think, 30 members in the beginning. You said, invite a friend. So while you thought maybe you'd get to 60, well, she ended up getting to 13,000 and more than that. And what happens is you were helping people so much and understanding and setting boundaries and not, not just that, but really counseling people on their life problems and being a friend and being a listener and encourager Mm -hmm. to the point that, I mean, 13,000 people, that's a lot of messages. That's a lot of reply to emails. And these are complex emails. These are not simple little, as you said, you know, I don't know, well, pick what pair of shoes. No, this is, I'm going through a divorce. Can you help me? So you felt like you'd be letting people down Mm -hmm. if you stopped responding. And here's what I love. And everyone listen to this. Instead of dropping your passion of helping people, I think you created a better way to help people. So she transitioned to two kinds of coaching programs. Mm -hmm. So people could sign up 
for, I believe it was group coaching Mm -hmm. or one-on-one coaching. Mm -hmm. And the reason I think that's so important is two things. One is you put a value on what you were doing. And secondly, is you created more opportunities for people to have more in-depth coaching with you. And this is so important to me because I did a coaching program with an author I really admired a year ago. I had never done a coaching program. I didn't think I needed a coach. Well, it changed my life Mm. because a coach can come outside of your life and they can see what you can't see and they can see more than you can see. And they can say, you know, here's, here's something you could do. And in your case, you were introducing people to a well-being. So mm-hmm. that's what is amazing to me. When you think about boundaries, it's not so much saying no to people, it's saying yes to yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you mm-hmm. can be healthy, and as you talked about, when you can have well-being, you are going to be of more value to the people mm-hmm. who you really love. I, The author I love, he, he was far overextended. He actually put his cell phone in his books and he gets a hundred phone calls a day. And he answers them. So you, he might need to read your book on boundaries, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just a, you know, he, he finally got to the point where he said, I'm going to spend more time with my family mm-hmm. and I'm not going to travel as much. And here was this quote. I want to spend more time with the people I love rather than relying on the affirmation of strangers. Mm-hmm. So what oh. happens when our lives get so busy, the people we love the most are the people who get the crumbs. And I've done this in my life in the past. So as I said, I wish I had read your book earlier, but I don't feel that guilty about not reading it earlier because it's only been out two weeks. (laughs) But this is a book you're going to have to read. At least I'm going to have to read it more than once. I've been taking notes. You have so many neat ways for people to tap into what I consider your inspiration, your teaching. You have, can you tell us you have, I mean, here's just what I know, your website, your coaching program, your speaking your podcast, your book, and this is not your first book. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about From Grit to Grace. Or Yeah, that was really my story of recognizing burnout and what burnout is. And I didn't know that it was an actual diagnosis that you ex- people can experience. And I talk a lot in there about what it was like to understand that I was in a male-dominated environment. And I was going to not always be liked, which was hard concept for me to understand, especially as an early career woman and a young mother. I just thought I'm constantly letting someone down. And so the book really talks about how there are times, moments in our life, weeks in our life where we need a lot of grace. And there are moments where we need a lot of grit and it's okay to kind of go through the seasons of life, depending on what you need at that point, tapping into grit, tapping into grace and being your authentic self and what that really meant to me. And uh, I really connected with a lot of women in that book. And what's interesting is, you know, looking back, I see now the journey of that starting that community and the growth that came from learning how to set boundaries with people I help. Most of us don't have a problem setting boundaries with people we don't like. (laughs) I do. (laughs) Right? Like we can say, I don't really want to do that or I'm I'm not doing that. But it's the people that we actually love them or, or we're serving or that our clients or our patients or whatever, you know, our families, those are 
for me, some of the hardest boundaries to set because I never want, I think that, oh, I'm going to disappoint them. And so I look back and I go, you know, that whole group that I built, which was amazing, that community, and it was, there's so much goodness in that group. It taught me that a boundary is necessary for anything good in my life, not to become something bad, not to become toxic. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good lesson for me for the rest of my life. I'm going to constantly be thinking like, you know, even something like a speaking, like public speaking, it's a great thing. I love going in public speaking and meeting people. But if I did that every week, I would not be a very present parent, you know? And I even talk a little bit in the book about boundaries with your kids, because I also think a lot of women, their whole identity becomes being a mother and they have no boundaries with their kids. And then they realize like, oh my goodness, I've neglected this other part of me that maybe has is a creator or is this mm-hmm. innovator or has something else to give. So I think boundaries don't just keep the good out or the bad out, they keep the good in. Oh, and I love that, that. That is something that I really want readers to understand that all of us need boundaries because they really keep the positive things in our life protected. I love that. There are so many great quotes. I wrote down some of your, uh, here's one I loved. If you don't set your own boundaries, someone else will do it for you. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the truth? And this one is women. We just have to remember this. And I, I read this, give yourself self-compassion. It's much more powerful than self-criticism and driving personal change. Yeah. I mean, there's so many studies out there to prove that. Isn't that interesting? Whether you're it's actually been proven whether you're trying to stop smoking or whether you're trying to lose weight or whether you're trying to stop any bad habit, they've studied actually human success rates for change. And it's really interesting if you actually read the data because the people that are show themselves compassion are 10 times more likely to actually stop the negative behavior than people who start the cycle of self-shame. Interesting. Oh my gosh. Can you think about the whole weight loss thing? I mean, that's the, let's just not think about that yeah. anymore. Um, and this is a quote, we never know who said this, but it isn't so true. So much of setting boundaries is this fear of not being liked, fear of not being popular. And, you know, one of the things you talk about is it's okay if everyone doesn't like you. And by the way, I wrote in the margin, why do I give so many people that kind of power? Like, why does their opinion of me matter that much? Does my opinion of them matter that much? I doubt it. I doubt they're even thinking about me. So why? I don't know why we do that. I'm going to have to read your third book. Um, <laughs> and you talk a lot about, I love this. You talk, and these. this is why your book is so practical. You have these exercises to help identify these things. So you talk about identifying limiting beliefs. We really have to do that exercise. You'd be surprised at what services, because it's like our lives run on false beliefs. Isn't that crazy? You have things as practical, like six common false beliefs on boundaries. I'm not going to tell you what they are. You got to buy the book. It's only 15 bucks. It is well worth it. That's like 10 minutes with a therapist. Um, (laughs) Oh, I love, okay, here's the last quote I'm going to read, but there's a lot more. Most of the gritty women I have gotten to know through my work have had to make hard decisions at some point between likability or well-being. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, come on. Yeah. What's yeah. more important? Okay, I lied. Here's the last one. 
a monster that was feeding my own ego on the false belief that I have to help others while allowing it to burn me out. Mm -hmm. So you, you know, what I appreciate Sasha is that you have given us permission to have self-compassion permission to protect ourselves. And actually, when you look at it, it really doesn't upset that many people. It certainly doesn't upset the people that matter. You said people who don't respect your boundary are really the people who don't matter. The people who love you will respect your boundary. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to be a lot nicer to be around. So tell us again, where to find all of the ways we can connect with you. So you can find me at becomebraveenough.com. I have a Friday newsletter. I send out every Friday, a little, a pick me up. So that's probably the best way to stay connected. And my podcast is called the brave enough show. And you can find the book anywhere they sell books. It's called brave boundaries. And I think it's doing pretty well. So I hope so. I I think (laughs) so. Well, thank Thank you so much. It's been great. Tell me, are you in Nebraska? I am. I'm in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. Well, enjoy that uh, fall there. I won't talk to you in the winter, but so nice (laughs) to talk to you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening today. We hope you're inspired. And if you like the episode, please take a moment to go to your podcast platform and follow us and leave a review so more people can find us. Now go out and be the pivotal person that you are.